sofas, recliners, love seats. Everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute. Who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And this is Ruined, a podcast where we ruin a horror for, movie for you every week. Um, Allison, how you doing? I mean, you know, hanging in there. It's fall. Mm-hmm. Spooky season. I know. You moved. I moved, yes. That's the uh, scariest right thing. The, the old, I already hate our building, but whatever, it's going to be oh, fine. No. It's just one of those things where you're like, you're like, ah, it'll be fine. And then you move somewhere, you're like... It just, you should be able to move somewhere for a week and see how it is. Does that make sense? You should do a trial move. You should get a, you should get a trial period and be able to be like, never mind. But like, also then you would have to move again. <laughs> yeah, which it, it's, a, it's an untenable situation. But uh, I find I, uh, you know, people do the 31 days of, of Halloween, you know, for October. And I think I'm going to start it now. Like, I'm just going to watch a horror movie. Every day from now until, I'm going to say I die. Yeah, I was going to say, like, why are you putting time limits on this? This is clearly uh, part of your personality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but other than that, I'm fine. I don't know. I just feel like my anxiety isn't super bad, and I really feel like it's, like, I I feel like I've reached the point in, like, with COVID and everything where I'm like, man, it's just, like, there's going to be no end. Does that make sense? Like, it's just psychologically hard to wrap your mind around, like, well, it's it's, it's not so bad in L.A. right now, but, like, it's going to be winter, and, you know, even though it's not cold here, I don't know. It's just like— I know. Just, this whole It all feels like an horrible. Ari Aster film, just kind of like yeah. endless uh, dread and grief and uh, anxiety from which there is no relief. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but hopefully, great. <laughs> here's an hour of relief for you guys, because uh, we yes. won't talk about COVID at all, I don't think. Other than that, no, it, doesn't, it does not come up in the movie I wouldn't think week. that it comes up in this movie, but before we even get to the movie, we have a super fun question um, from Amanda M., who said to us, you guys are my idols, I love you, so... Um, that's all we wanted to read. No, she doesn't have a question. <laughs> um, she said, what comedy film would you like to see redone as a horror film and vice versa? So what? also, what horror film would you like to see redone as a comedy? This is a Which great is, question. This is a great question. I love this. My, my mind immediately goes to, like, the turn-of-the-century teen comedies. Mm-hmm. And my first thought is because I know they just did the remake of it. I have not seen it. Um, a, a, She's all that. Yes. I know they just did a he's all that. Sure. Which uh, I'm sure is equally hilarious when you take a beautiful person and make them more beautiful. Yeah. But there's something about, like, if it was a horror movie version where, like, you take someone, you're like, I want to turn them into prom queen, and then, like, that little bit of fame unleashes, like, mm-hmm. something monstrous inside them. Mm. So, like, now they're, now they're like, hot and popular and a monster. It's sort of like, you know, the Frankensteining oh. of, yes. of a hot person. I feel like that could be a fun how um, horror take on a teen comedy. What I are you, love Allison? That. I think that every rom com should be a horror movie because mm-hmm. they're all like 
rooted in like bizarre obsession uh, yeah. that, that like in the movies becomes like kind of like fun and cute and like, oh my God, they're in love. But like in reality, you would be like, this is upsetting and I'm calling like the authorities on this person. And so I think a movie like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days mm-hmm. would be so, would be like torture porn. Like, yeah. That, like, like Kate Hudson is like intentionally being the worst girlfriend ever to try and like make her magazine mm-hmm. article work. And like, it would be so, so scary if she was like <laughs> doing absolutely horrific, like physical body horror to Matthew McConaughey, who was still like, gotta win this bet to prove I can make any woman love me. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It's like audition, but I yes. remember yes. for 10 over 10 days. Yes. That's a great idea. What about a horror movie that you think would be a good comedy? Oh, boy. Um, I think very easily, I guess there's some comedic elements, but to me, like, cabin fever. The idea of, like, being stuck in a cabin with, like, not even, like, your best friends, but, like, your weird college roommate who, like, you don't Mm -hmm. have much in common with, but, like, well, I guess we're friends because we're, like, 19 and don't know anyone else. There's something funny to me about that. What about you, Allison? Are there any horror movies that strike these comedies? being kind of funny to us, but, like, Leprechaun feels like it easily could have been made into a comedy. I would argue that I think it it almost is a comedy. It is a comedy, I feel like it is a horror comedy. But, like, instead of any, like, murder or whatever, he's just, like, hijinks. Like, just the hijinks. Yeah. None of the murder. It's sort of a Dunstan checks in level, like, silly kids movie. Like, you, me, and Dupree almost. (laughs) <laughs> you, me, and the leprechaun. leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, but that is still horrifying. Um, well, uh, Amanda M., thank you so much for that question. Such a good question. You guys can all continue to email us uh, questions about horror movies and pretty much anything else uh, at ruinedattheradiopoint.com. And also... Um, while you're at it, emailing us questions, uh, we love you guys so much and... Uh, we would love if if you can leave us a review. That's a big part of the the algorithm that we are all slaves to. Um, we wanted to ask you yeah. to because we thought, well, you know, we're asking you to write a review, which, like, you know what I mean. You got a busy day. It's gonna it, you, know, you right. can't be fitting everything in every day. No, this is a task. But we thought here's a fun sort of challenge, and this is inspired by if anyone listens to High and Mighty or um, a podcast by John Gabris where he invites people to leave him reviews in which they roast him. Now, we're, we're not going to do that because we are too sensitive. Our, yes. We can't handle it. Please don't no, roast us. Two ladies nearing 40, like, we can't handle more. Listen, yeah, if I couldn't do it, as, if I couldn't handle it when I was younger, certainly not as I age. No, I'm like, please no. be nice to me. I am Maybe on the verge. nice to me. <laughs> um, but <gasps> we are asking you to leave us um, spooky reviews. And then on the show, we will, with the spookiest five-star reviews for Ruined, we will read on air. So whether you want to do a little vignette with Allison and I, whether you just have a spooky idea you want to share, yeah. whether you want to review the podcast itself in a way that is spooky, yeah. it's up to you. But we will be looking for the spookiest five-star review and reading them. And we appreciate everybody who listens to us. We've been getting some really amazing emails, and we just thank you so much for listening. Yeah, you guys are the best. Um, and in we these appreciate trying you. times. Yes. Yeah, and it, and it if really anything, feels nice. We love you. <laughs> yeah, I cannot say it enough. We love you, and we'll we love, love you more if you leave reviews. You know, yeah, not to make our true. own contingent. Good reviews, not you know. Let's keep it at five stars. <laughs> 
But, you know, speaking of making someone's love contingent on what they could do for you, that brings us <gasps> in a perfect segue for this uh, week's movie, which was yes. suggested by not one but two Emilys, Emily B. and Emily H. Thank you so much, Emily, is for suggesting us. 2018's Suspiria. <sighs> now, we talk about remakes before, and the, again, the truth of the matter is I was like, oh, should I do the original Dario Argento movie from the 70s, or should I do the remake? And I did the remake simply because I just think it's more, it, there's a lot more going on, you know. Mm. But also, I feel like the one of the 70s is very visually stunning. So okay. it's sort of like, again, much like capturing Nick Cage's performance in the remake of The Wicker Man, I can't do it justice. Yes, But I yes. can at least explain what I think happens in this version of Suspiria, which is directed by Luca Guadagnino, and with a screenplay by David, why did I try to say anyone's name? David oh, Kajanik. Mm-hmm. And um, starring Dakota Johnson and, of course, Tilda Swinton. And Allison, I forced watch the trailer as I do every week. Allison, what are your thoughts about the Suspiria trailer? I did not like it. You it's don't say. scary. It is <laughs> a scary say. trailer. I feel like I had seen like what like a very shortened version of this trailer when it was coming out. Like I just remember mm-hmm. like seeing this and be like, no, thank you. And now <laughs> that I feel like I know more about it than I did with that first taste, I'm like, I am not happy that we're doing this movie because I'm, I'm happy that it's early in the morning because I have all day to wipe it from my brain with other non-horrific things. Um, That's a great way to look at it. The trailer is just like confusing <laughs> and unsettling mm-hmm. without ever giving, like, I'm like, I know something's wrong, but I don't know what. Like, that's and the that's, sense I get. And that's what I want from a horror movie trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need you to tell me every detail. I would no. like to know the scary, the, the, the confusing bits. No. Um, and then, so we always like to take a baseline scary. Allison, how scary do you find the concept of mothers? <sighs> very, very. Mothers are so <laughs> much scary. Like, I think that, like, fathers in, like, a horror culture, like, are so violent or kind of, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think that they're as scary. But, like, mm-hmm. mothers, like, there's just something, I don't know. I feel like mothers in, like, even in, uh, in uh, it's through history, have just, like, more of a complicated role in our society. And there's a lot, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. There's so, like, I think, like, scary mothers are, sc- like, mommy right. dearest is scary. Like, mothers can be very scary. <laughs> Yeah, and I I think the movie's playing a lot with this of like what is the archetype of the mother, like mm-hmm. what is the role of the mother, what is a mother, and there is something when you said like dads are scary. I'm like I just imagine yeah, like a dad. I feel like you, you could physically like dad fist is fight. Jack Nicholson in The Shining, you know, right, like, which does suck. We're not saying that's going not scary. crazy with an axe, being a tortured writer. Like mothers, I yeah. feel like are more a nuanced Ooh. terror. We're going to have to do this movie. I think it came out in 2017 with Jessica Chastain called Mama, which I hadn't thought of in a while. Oh, my God. Which is a mother-related horror movie. And that's a really fun one. And I think okay. so it gets to, like, the, the you know, it's like the the creeping influence of a mother not even realizing that's oh. what the influence is. Great. Um, which is super fun. Not scary at all. And it reminds me, because Tilda Swinton is in this movie, it reminds me of, um, what is the movie? We need to do, so like, we need to talk about Kevin. Oh, Yes. Also, you know, about a mother-son uh, relationship. Um, but before we get started, Allison, I know that the movie is 
the trailer was not giving you a lot of concrete plot details, but yes. would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. Maybe now that, like, I couldn't tell that mothers were part of it from the trailer. So this okay. mothers is a new thing. So maybe it's somebody not realizing who their mother was. Great. Like, like a surprise reveal of, like, this is your mother. Love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my guess. Love it. And also, I think this is a great example of a movie where, like, I'm going to explain what I think happened in the movie. Okay. Great. Because I did look at Wikipedia, and there's one plot point where I disagree with the official Wikipedia, and I think that's fine because I think I'm right. So I will just flag that when we arrive at that point. But we're, we have to get into it now. So let's ruin 2018's Suspiria. Opening on... Act one, and of course the movie is divided into acts. Oh so God, I nothing is scarier than adhering to a labeled act structure. <laughs> you know I love that shit. I know. So let us begin Text with on act screen. one, 1977. We open on Patricia, Patricia, played by Chloe Grace Moritz. She's soaking wet, traumatized, terrified. She's carrying like a big mm. knapsack. No. And she's waiting outside of a building in divided Berlin. And this is a time period I don't know that much about, but we sort of see there's a bunch of street protests going on and somebody shouting free Bader, and which I, I at least know of the Bader-Meinhof um, mm-hmm. phenomenon. But just to give a little uh, background text, what's going on in Berlin at this time is the story of Suspiria, but then it, the backdrop is this is during like a hugely revolutionary time period in Germany. Uh, referred to as the as German Autumn. And so there's a like sort of far-left terrorist organization called the Red Army Faction, which is also referred to as the Bader-Meinhof Group. And basically there was like, we really, like in America at least, like our understanding of history is so watered down and like mm-hmm. foreshortened. Like we're not taught about other countries' history nope. really. But essentially there's a lot of activity sort of inspired by the fact that the generation before them did not handle the response to the Nazi regime appropriately, if you can imagine it. Sure. Specifically that there were a lot of people who were higher ups in the Nazi government who were not punished and then went on to have like high level jobs at banks. Careers. Yeah. Like 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 they were executives. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they and so they this essentially this this revolutionary group was sort of taking revenge and trying to right a wrong, Mm -hmm. sort of a a cosmic wrong, through a series of abductions, assassinations, bank robberies. So there's, you know, just petrol bombs going off. So it's chaos right now. And I think we're supposed to, like, like, have that always in our mind is, like, in a different time, maybe the things going on in this movie would have raised more red flags. Right. But because everyone in this city is so, like, preoccupied and terror. In this. Yeah. And it's also, like, an era which, like, as you keep hearing the radio, like, an era of, like, a lot of plane uh, uh, hijackings, sort of oh, politically cool. based plane hijackings, hostages to get, like, prisoners out of j- uh, jail, that kind of thing. Which, again, we don't focus on, I don't know, it's like, we, I, I feel like I have such a limited view of, like, the history of terrorist activities, if that makes sense, because of like 9-11, it was like, that's the one kind there right. is. And America's like, like, it was just this one, and then uh, yeah. whatever people declare terrorism to be moving forward, and that's not a good history. Yeah, So, it, but it is interesting to have that in mind, that we're constantly checking in with the revolutionary, uh, revolutionaries, like many 
at a certain point, there's an event where many of them are captured and imprisoned. So we're like hearing about that during a hijacking. So uh, uh, keep that in mind as we go on. But I just want to flag that as like, that's Mm -hmm. the backdrop of this film. Scary. And yeah. So as you can imagine, Patrizia, who's like not doing well, she arrives at the home of her analyst, Dr. Yosef Klepperman. Klemper. Dr. Yosef Klemperer. And that's going to cause me trouble. I can already tell. Oh boy. It already is. Dr. Yosef Klemper. And he's he's been seeing her for a while, and he could tell she's really taken a turn from the worst. And she's, like, talking to herself and singing. She's drenched. She's, like, very paranoid or whatever. And he's like, okay, we don't have an appointment, but come on in, sit down. Dr. Klemperer is also played by Tilda Swinton, which oh, I love. okay. And it's not listed in the credits. Like, you just have to, like, look at what they, they did, like, a press release of, like, oh, we have this, like, 70, 75-year-old man playing his first role. He's, like, an actual, like, psychologist or whatever. I was like, that's fun. And then this is when I was at working at Vulture. All my coworkers were like, girl, that's Tilda Swinton in an old man mask. And, in fact, it is. It is? What? Like, why? Is it for, is it, for, is that for the film? Or is that just, like, a, f- she's like, I'll do that, too. Like, that's fine. I'm already here. I- I think it's a little bit of both. He, he's okay. the only real male character in. He's the only male character in the movie. Oh, okay. and I think the, the director told us went and were like, "We'll just have you play him, so it's all women." I don't know. I think it's Anyone fun. Who, I think she yeah. actually does a great job because she's a phenomenal actress. Yeah, she was is. it necess- entirely necessary? Probably not. But it, okay. it's a fun. But it's not like something that we need to like. No. No, in terms of like plot later on, like this is just no. kind of like a, a weird fun detail. Yes, exactly. Okay. It doesn't. It's not like a reveal. You don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's just a big. It's just a it's just fun casting decision. Sincerely playing an old German psychologic analyst okay. and doing a phenomenal job. She's great. Of, at I it. mean, of course, she's a so, chameleon. So Patricia comes in, she's like, okay, great. So like I've been telling you, a coven of witches runs my dance academy that I go to, the Marcos Dance Academy. Um, They are trying to get inside my body. They are taking my eyes. And he's like, you see his notes, and it's like, okay, so her delusions have gotten a lot worse, it sure seems. Um, It seems like, you know, um, they've sort of solidified. So now she's like convinced that these witches are, you know, trying to— essentially get inside her body, take over her body. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, they gave me things, you know, they gave me per- perfect balance and perfect sleep. And Ugh. in exchange, like... I want perfect sleep. Oh, I know, girl. I would, I would happily, I was like, well, happily attend a dance academy run by witches if it meant I could have perfect sleep. I think attending won't be the issue. I think it's what, what, what they want to <laughs> sure. do with your body once you're there. Sure, 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 sure. But she says Mother Marcos is trying to get inside her permanently, trying to, you know, take over her body. Or as Patricia puts it before she runs out of the office to the doctor's, you know, surprise, she says, if they find out I was here, they won't hesitate. They will hollow me out and eat my cunt on a plate. Oh. You hate to see it. You You hate to see it. You hate to hear it, honestly. I hate to hear it. And so she runs out, and Dr. Klimper is like, um, okay. His, his next patient's already there, and he's like, uh, uh. And so he ends up doing his next uh, um, appointment. Patrizia runs off. Meanwhile, over in Ohio, we see a Mennonite woman dying, like, slowly in her bedroom. She's being tended to by her family. We hear her, like, wheezing, raspy breath. And just a flag that you sort of hear her breath at all different times in the movie. Like, it'll be a different a scene. Yes, go ahead. Is Chloe Grace Moritz American in Berlin, or is she German? 
Um, I she's not from Berlin. I don't um, know if she's supposed to be American, but I do know she's okay. not from there. She she much like our protagonist we're about to meet. Oh, okay. She has come to Berlin to study for this. Okay, Great. yeah. So it's not like oh, she's just wanted to see like where Ohio. Ohio fits into this. Yes, but in terms of who we've already met. Yeah, but we do find out like a lot of the students they come from from all over. It is yes. notable that this family is, is a Mennonite family. So it's not a family okay. who's like oh, going to see the shows. and You know what I mean? They're not right. like a dance family. You know, like this no. is a family with no connection. And yet one of the daughters from this family is going to end up at the Marcos okay. Dance Academy after her mother dies, We, which we are watching. Which we were okay, great. And she has this like raspy sort of death rattle breath. And you hear it through, like sort of echoing throughout the movie. Like it's sort of like will suddenly be playing in different scenes, which is a really creepy, you know, a, a great uh, effect, I think, like to be bringing this up at like moments of like crisis. So then we see this woman's daughter, Susie Banyan, played by Dakota Johnson, and she is arriving in a subway station in Berlin, and she's making her way to the Marcos uh, Dance Academy. And she basically just contacted them and was like, I am begging you, please let me audition. She does not have formal training, and she does not add references. But they're like, well, this is sort of like a, this is, again, it's this late 70s, we're, we're open-minded, we're free thinkers. So maybe we, what if we do take a girl, let her audition, who's not from these more formal backgrounds. Yes. So they're like, come audition. Worst comes to worst, you stink, and you have to fly back to uh, Ohio. You know, like, right. that's not on us. That's on you. Yeah. So she's greeted by Miss Tanner, um, one of the many instructors. So I'm going to be, unless I call the names, there are like, I'm going to say 15 instructors, and I do not know their names, and I okay. can't keep track of them. But, but you'll um, tell us who it is when it's like a yes. significant one. And so Miss Tanner is one of the more significant instructors. Okay. She helps run their rehearsals. She's sort of, um, we're going to meet Tilda Swinton's character in a minute. She's sort of the right-hand lady of, of the mm-hmm. head dance instructor. Mm-hmm. But she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I t- tried to call your hotel. We have a lot of company business we have to sort out today. I, it's not a great day to audition, but you're already here, so we're just going to do it. So they take her down to this, like, um, dance studio that's all mirrors all around. And they tell her, she's, you know, you can audition for me and my the other two instructors, Miss Milius and Miss Mandel. Um, and Miss Han- and the Susie says, "Well, do I get to audition for, you know, the head, the woman who choreographs everything, sort of the head dance instructor, Madame mm-hmm. Blanc, who is played by Tilda Swinton?" And they said, "Girl, you don't get to see her. Like, you don't. Again, you don't. Ha- you didn't even go to school for this. Like, you'll dance for us, and if you're good enough, we'll let her know. You know." And they tell her you could dance, but you you cannot dance to music. So she has to do a solo silent dance for oh, these three women. Silent in dancing order to, is truly a, a terrifying idea. And so we see her dance, and it's like very animalistic and abstract, and like very muscular. And I don't know anything about dance, but that's sort of the pot, like the style of this dance um, studio. And at one point later, um, uh, Tilda Swinton's Madame Blank says, "After the war." So two things that dance cannot be is beautiful and cheerful, you know. She says, okay. like, art should break the nose of every beautiful thing. And it's all sort of tied into the war. Like, it's like, we cannot mm-hmm. just be, like, you know, perfect little German women who do, like, their little choreographed dance. Like, when we dance, it should be an expression of, like, all these things that our the country and society and, yeah. hasn't dealt with. Which, so, so the fact that she's doing this, like, really intense animal thing, they're all like, okay, she's, like, get it. She gets it. Like, yeah. she's not coming in and doing ballet, you know? Right. And so she dances so intensely and beautifully that somehow Madame Blanc, who's upstairs 
knows it's happening. Like, she feels immediately connected to Susie's dancing. So suddenly Susie stops and looks up, and Madame Block is in the room and is watching her. Allison, she she gets the audition. They say, we have we have an opening. Actually, we have an opening because this girl Patrizia just left last night. So we have a free oh, room. Oh, convenient. Yeah, unfortunately, extremely convenient. So um, convenient. <laughs> and so they're like, uh, we, don't, we don't pay very much, but you get free room and board. And Susie's like, oh, that's phenomenal because I don't have like, anywhere to stay. Right. And they're like, well, you'll probably want to go back to America and, like, sell your affairs and come back, you know, in a couple of weeks. And she's like, no, I can start right now. Because we know her mother has died. She's right. She has left her home. You yes. know, she's on the web. And then Susie immediately starts to have, hear, like, whispering about, like, where Patricia went. And a lot of the girls are, like, distressed, you know. Um, like, did you leave? And sort of the idea is, like, well, she must have left to join the revolution. Like, she must have joined up with the Red um, Army faction. And, like, has decided to be a part of this, which, again, is not so unusual. So, like, again, now, if somebody disappeared, you'd be like, where the hell did they go? Where did Chloe Chloe Grace Morse go? Right. But because it's this time period, like, people were abandoning their normal lives, especially young people, to be like, I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to help. Like, we need to be doing something. Up and disappearing and, like, becoming part of, yeah. Exactly. So um, Susie's staying at a hotel, and the school sends Sarah to go get her. And Sarah's, like, sort of was Patrizia's good friend, and she talks about, like, you're an American, so you don't know what it's like here right now, but it's nuts. And as they're talking, a a petrol bomb goes off at a bank down the street. So a bomb goes off, and they're just like, there's chaos, but everyone just sort of has to, like, go about their lives at the Mm -hmm. same time. And, but again, this is the backdrop of which everything is happening. Right. And Sarah says, you know, Madame Blanc is a genius. Like, she kept the uh, theater open during the war when all German women were supposed to shut up and keep their uteruses open. Like, she was doing, like, real art and, like, having women be a part of it, which was really exciting. And Sarah's explaining the thing that's going on, the, the, the RAF, the Red Army, has kidnapped a bank executive who was a Nazi during the war. Act two, Palaces of Tears. What? Yeah. Also, I love, like, the idea of, like, what women did during the war was, like, have children and not create art. And in America, it was just, like, go play baseball. I know. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, the Nazis had a whole whole thing about that. So. Give me a League of Their Own horror movie. It is interesting the different groups that seem to place uh, women breeding at the top of their list of yes. things to force people to do. It, yes. it makes you think, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it really makes you think. So act two, Palaces of Tears. Palaces of Tears. We're going to be seeing some tears here, Allison. Okay, so okay. In, the, in the very, very early morning, Susie's, you know, still bed at her hotel. She's going to come that day. All the instructors do a vote. And what you sort of realize, I'm going to just call it out now, what is, you think is a sort of stylized voiceover. What it is actually happening is the instructors can communicate telepathically. Like, they could hear each other speak. So all of their conversation, <sighs> not all of them, they talk normally, obviously. But, like, you hear this a voiceover, and then eventually you sort of realize, like, oh, they're able to communicate without speaking out loud. So they have oh. a connection. Great. They're all voting. worry about there. They're saying, who do we want to lead the Dance Academy going forward? The vote is today. You either have to vote for Marcos, who founded the Academy and is sort of the leader until now, or Madame Blanc, Tilda Swinton. And everyone votes, and it's an actually pretty close vote, but Marcos wins out. And people are like, sorry, Blanc, like— She's our leader. We're going to stick yeah. with her. And, and Blanc's like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to hold it against everybody. I've said my piece about what we're doing here. Right. And um, Blanc says, I told you all my concerns about Patricia. 
And Miss Tanner says, what happened to Patricia was ghastly. But we voted, and Marcos wants to try again. And so what we realized is what Patricia was okay. talking about, that's real. So they apparently attempted to put Marcos's soul or essence or something inside of her, sort of as mm. a vessel. It did not work. No. And the result was, quote, ghastly. No, okay. no, no, no. And wouldn't you know it, Allison? Who do you think they're going to try to put her in next? No, oh, Dakota Johnson. It's going to be Dakota Johnson. It's going to be Susie. She's she's great. Susie. Stunning. And the brand new person who hasn't kind of been tipped off that there's some, like, shady business going on. Right. And Blanc says, we could do it, but I need to prepare. Whoever we pick, I have to prepare the girl. We have to make the ritual, make sure the ritual girl works. I'm not going to waste another girl. Oh, God. So the implication is they have tried this multiple times. And something has gone wrong, not with the idea of what's going on, but, like, their ability to do that. And they do say, like, this has not happened in in living history. Like, we don't actually know how to do this. Marcos is so ancient. So this has never successfully happened. Not to, not that anyone there has been able to do. Okay. And Marcos herself, who we do not see for a while, but we see some photos, and she's, like, sort of a heavyset older woman with sunglasses. She, as we find out, she's, like, ancient. So ostensibly, this is her original body, or she's jumped bodies before, but it's been a long time. Yes. And sort of the ritual has been lost. Meanwhile, we sort of also catch up with Dr. Klemper, and we see him going to his home in East Berlin, and everything seems like both like very weird and super normal, which I imagine Mm -hmm. that's what it was like in in Berlin at the time. Like he has to go through like the checkpoint, and he goes to his country home. And my God, Allison, to have a country home, and it's like a it's like a nothing. It's like a little like ranch style tiny house the the freedom and escapism that having a country home would provide and it's like fall so it's kind of wet something we all could want right now and he like eats a sandwich outside and reads a book oh my god damn I'm jealous of this fictional man idyllic and carved on the outside of his house is a heart with his A plus J and J of course is for Yosef and A is for Anka who was his wife who he lost during the war and we will find out later, he never he does not actually know what happened to her. Like they somebody came to arrest them, they were ratted out. We don't know if they were Jewish. I presume they were. They were living in Berlin and mm-hmm. they became separated. So it's been 34 years, but he okay. has also spent a lot of that time trying to find out what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Which is again something we take for granted in this modern era because of like the internet and like 23andMe and like <laughs> the yes. telephone. Is that like this was this happened in the forties? Like if you, if someone was if got bad information and was just like, all right, well the other person passed away or I don't know where they are, yeah, you just wouldn't be able to find them. You yeah. know, they don't have paperwork, like, well, whatever. That's that I di- I asked the people I knew, and beyond that, there isn't not anything I could do. Right, the government has crumbled, so I don't know. Right. I mean, there's not like Who a lot do of you like even stability. Go to? Right, yeah. So Susie moves back into Patricia's old room. She gets settled. Sarah's like kind of like her new best friend at the dance academy, like telling her like, oh, I'm right next door or whatever. And oh, I also want to say Dr. Klemper has a housekeeper named Miss Sesame, which I thought was cute. Oh, that's fun. And when he arrives back home from his country house, he finds, realizes that Patricia has left her knapsack, which has her diary in it. And he's like, oh, I guess I should read her diary to see how psychologically bad she was doing, a.k.a. I already know it was bad. Right. But also, like, that seems like some kind of breach of a patient-doctor confidentiality. Like, Absolutely. And I will say, in his benefit, once he does find it, then he calls and reports her missing. Because I think he realizes, like, oh, okay. oh she if she left her shit, like, this is worse than I thought. Like, yeah. Yeah, she's not just, like, out and about. She's Something's something is, yeah. Um, in the studio, um, Susie joins the other girls, like, the company for rehearsal. 
And they say, okay, sorry. So we all know Patrizia left. You know, we don't know where she is. But Olga, you're going to dance Patricia's role. And Sarah, you're going to do Olga's role. Like, Sarah and Olga are sort of the next in line to be okay. the head protagonist, sort of. And they start dancing. And Blanc starts correcting her over and over again. Olga screams at her, this is shit. You can't even be expected to face your own lies. And this sort of reveals another element of, like, some girls sort of know about the witch stuff or sort of know there's something going on in the school but don't know exactly what the word for it is. And Olga's like, you know why Patrizia disappeared. I can't, I don't know why, but you are not being honest. And Blanc says, you know, listen, if Patrizia wants to live out the rest of her life in a basement filling bottles with petrol, that's her job, that's what she wants to do. And if she gets shot by the police, we'll feel really sad about it. Okay. And it's, like, the most, like, cruel and cavalier about this young woman disappearing. Ugh. Olga screams and is like, fuck you, I'm leaving. Like, you don't care about that somebody disappeared? Like, something is going on here. She storms out. Susie is like, well, I'll dance the role. I mean. And so Susie offers herself up. And that is what you have to do at a dance academy. I saw, what is that yeah. one? Um, Center stage. Center stage, you have to be willing. You know, you have to put yourself out there. Yes. You know, you have to get in there. Is the sense that, like, the other women, like, don't want to be there? Like, are they? I think the idea is, like, they know that if you are the protagonist that he referring to, if you're the lead dancer, you are the, um, you're given a type of scrutiny from the instructors that seems really bad. Like, it okay. doesn't seem just like, oh, they were grooming you to dance. They but can like, tell something's going but like, on. like, everybody knows, like, it seems like all the girls at the academy know that, like, there's bad things happening and they're all somehow still there. Yeah, and I think that is because they, everything is so bad all around them that I think that, it's that like they are just like. Of ba- they're like, I don't know, I'll take this exactly. over, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's like the the background explains like oh I, I have a bad feeling but I have a bad feeling all the time and they're paying for right. me to dance and like whatever I'm fine right. Patricia left but I'm fine um, and as Olga storms out she turns back and she screams witches and and Blanc sort of has this look like oh well she knows she knows about the witch thing oh Blanc's like sorry obviously you know, Boches are running high Patricia disappeared you know whatever so Susie gets up and she knows the role because she saw the documentary for the library a million times and she took the bus up to New York to see them when the company was in New York to perform and she's like I've seen this role I know the role and Miss Tanner's like I don't know I don't want to get hurt it's her first day like this is a very intensely physical role you do a lot of jumping uh-huh. around and Blanc says, let's do this. And up at the balcony, there's another instructor, Miss Griffith, and she's just watching silently. Like, she's sort of the eyes and the ears of the academy. And Blanc touches Susie's hands and feet, and, and they grow, glow like this white light, and she starts to dance. I don't know what dance is supposed to look like, so I'm like, okay, this is cool. But in the movie, it's treated like, oh, my God. She's a wonderful dancer. To she's, me, it just okay. looks like modern dance, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't tell... Like, many things. I, I know, like, good enough, but I can't, I like, establish, like, oh, this is excellent. Like, I think about yes. that with, like, beer or even, like, coffee. I'm like, I don't know. I think bodega coffee is fine. <laughs> like, yeah. Tastes fine to me. And this dance yeah. looks fine to me. Yep, looks fine. As Susie dances, Olga starts to leave the academy, and tears start pouring out of her eyes so vociferously she cannot see. So, I think that's supposed to be the Palace of palace Tears. Of tears. Like, she is sobbing. Moved by the dance that she doesn't even see. It's in a different room. And she is hears a voice calling her into that totally mirrored dance, like, studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes down there, and as Susie dances, 
Olga's body is thrown around the room and, like, twisted into a pretzel, her jaw ripped out of its socket, her, <gasps> her ribs broken inside her skin, her body mutilated, and she pees her pants. Like, she's, like, drooling. It's an awful, gruesome scene that goes on for an incredibly long time. And that's, like, the power of Susie's dance, and Susie doesn't even realize it. And finally, Olga collapses alone in this sort of basement mirrored studio. And Susie stops because she gets, like, dizzy and nauseous. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she has the goods. Blanca's like, oh, shit. Like, she's both great as a dancer, and she's going to be the vessel for Mother Marcos. Like, we already know where this is going. Of course. And Mrs. Tanner's like, hmm, how enlightening. Like, all all the instructors are very excited to see this. Um, And in the bathroom, Susie's peeing into a cup, which the Academy requires for testing. And we see a flashback of a child, Susie, who's looking at a map and obsessing about Berlin. So, like, she's seven years old, and she's, like, writing Berlin in her child handwriting. And everyone's like, we have to study American history, Susie. You can't be totally fixated on Berlin. And her mother, this very severe woman we've seen die earlier, comes in, like, just crumples up the page and throws away this, like, Berlin fantasy. So even as a child, Susie was drawn to Berlin. Okay. There was some connection already. And Marcos has been there the whole time, right? It's not like she's been, like, traveling. She's, like, a fixture of Berlin. Yes. Even, like, maybe before. Yeah. Yeah, and as we see, Marcos is in the academy. We just won't see her for a while. But she's physically around and can physically also sense Susie. After the, you know, Susie sort of, like, gets dizzy, they take her back up to her room to relax. And all the instructors are standing over Olga's body. I assumed Olga was dead. She's, in fact, alive. She's just, like, bent in this horrible pretzel. So they all take these, like, curved, thin, they look like animal horn knives. Yes. It's in the trailer, and it's so upsetting. And they all stab them into, like, the fleshy part of her limbs and torso, and they pick her up, and they drag her out of the room. They all being girls or instructors? instructors. Okay. Yeah, so these are all the instructors. Okay. Are all in on it. So it's like, there's not even like, oh, does Madame Blanc know what's going on? Every one of the instructors is in on it. All of them are like, we're going to, we're working towards this one aim to get Mother Marcos into a new vessel. In that evening, Dr. Klemper finds in Patrizia's diary the names Mother Tanabram, Mother Lacrimum, and Mother Suspiriorum, which is the Mother of Tears, the Mother of Darkness, and the Mother of Sighs. And she, and Patricia's <laughs> written all these, yeah, it's not going to be good. So Patricia no. has written all these, like, star shapes, and in the middle it says Madame Blanc. So sort of, like, Patricia thinks, okay, Madame Blanc is the key. Okay. And um, back at the Academy, Susie talks to Madame Blanc, and sort of they have this, like, you know, heart-to-heart about, like, being a dancer, and, you know, like, Susie's like, even as a child I was drawn to the Marco style of dance, so it would, like, mm-hmm. mensling to me. And Blanc says, well, how did it feel to dance the dance, which is from their very famous show, Volk. And she's like, how did it feel inside your body when you were doing it? And Susie says, it felt like what I I imagine it must feel like to fuck. And Blanc says, you mean fuck a man? And Susie says, no, I was thinking of an animal. And Blanc just laughs. Laughs? But what we understand is that is Blanc being like, we are going to groove you. You are going to be the yeah. protagonist. We just need to work on your jumps. And so Susie's yeah. like, oh, shit. Like, I've been here a day, and I'm already like, I am right. I was Believe, right. I yeah. am a great dancer. I belong here. I yeah. was absolutely right to come here. And she's talking to Sarah that night. Like, she no, wants you me to dance not. the lead in this dance. And Sarah's like, yeah, like, that's cool. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? And, and so Sarah's like yeah. already like, that's good. But also, you got to be like aware there's like, you know, stuff going there's on. stuff going on. That night. 
Susie has a series of nightmares, and all the nightmares in this movie are fucking insane. We see her the field outside of her childhood home. There's like a shattering mirror. And we see a memory where a tween Susie gets caught masturbating like in like a closet in her Mennonite house. And her oh. mother finds her. And oh, her no. mother drags her out of the closet and burns her hand with an iron. It's all very carry. <gasps> you know what I mean? Yeah, very carry. Burns her an hand with iron. an iron. Jesus Christ. And then we see an image of an older woman with sunglasses. That's Mother Marcos. And a blood red demon face. Oh, cool. And a voice whispering over and over again, Mother, Mother, Mother. Which brings me to my question. Allison, in this situation, what would you do? What would you do? The thing is, like, I would very much be caught up in, like, I'm on the right path. Like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm good at this. I belong somewhere. My, like, you know, horrific mother is dead and in Ohio. Like, I'm moving on. It would be hard to break out of that. Yeah. If I'm me, I'm getting on a plane and getting the Mm -hmm. fuck out of Germany— Go back to New uh, York. General. Go to, yeah, right. Like, go to go, Philly. You know, to be go to Chicago. You can go wherever yeah. you want. You don't have to go back to your farm, you know. Right, yes. You could go to another, like, go try and be a dancer in another city that isn't this one with these people and these instructors and this terror. Yeah. The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, Stay Out of My Prickly Pear for Texas, and Stay Out of My Strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. It's 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge stakes. You want to help. You don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care. Let Vote Save America make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program. Here's how it works. You set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you, and Vote Save America will send 100% of it to the grassroots organizations and down-ballot races that need it most. Then, at the end of the month, they'll tell you where your dollars went. That's it. Set it and forget it. Vote Save America has already raised $52,000 in monthly recurring donations. Love it. That's great. From over 1,000 amazing, sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go, and Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com. Enjoy your edible. <laughs> Legal disclaimer, paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Which brings us to Act 3, borrowing. Borrowing. So we saw Dr. Klemperer <sighs> called the police to report Patrizia missing. So these two, referred to as agents, I'm going to call them detectives because that's sure. what they are. So these are two detectives, um, Albrecht and Glockner. They arrive at the school, they're like, hey, we're inquiring about this girl that went missing. She was reported missing. And uh, one of the instructors, Ms. Banks, is like, um, yeah, you know, I'm Madame Blanc, so you should come into the office and we'll take a look around, you know. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, um, Sarah and Susie have decided to break into the office because Sarah's like, I'm, I don't know if I believe the whole thing about, like, Patricia ran off to be a revolutionary. I want to find the number of Patricia's family and call them and find out if they know where she is, which I'm like, that's very smart. Like, you, that's a yes. great way to, like, check. 
Yes. But they, Patri- both Patrizia and Olga, the woman who died as a, who was pretzelified in the studio, mm-hmm. their files have already been tossed or scrubbed. Like they have oh. no record of them. I mean, at least these witches are thorough. Exactly. You're not finding a lot of like yeah. information. Not a lot of missteps with them. Women are detail oriented, and this is why witch <laughs> covens are successful and fight clubs are not. <laughs> While they are spying, Sarah's like going through the file cabinet. Susie hears laughter and kind of wanders into this back office, and she finds three of the instructors taunting the the detectives who are now totally frozen in place. And Susie's watching them, and they have pulled down one of the detectives' pants, and his penis is out. And they are, like, kind of, like, blooping it with one of the curved knives and just laughing and laughing, which is is distressing enough because, one, it implies that it could freeze these men in place and wipe their memories once they leave of this event. But, two, Susie does not do what a normal person would do, which is scream and run out of there or, like, try to stop or say, like, what the fuck are you guys doing to these guys? Right. She smiles and she walks back out. It doesn't say anything to Sarah. And that is our first thing of like, boy, Susie's all in. Susie's oh. not going to be called on any of this nope. stuff because on some level, Susie's like, I was meant to be here. I'm, I'm going to be a part of this. At rehearsal, Blanc tells the, the everybody, we're going to work on a new piece. We want Susie to improvise. And immediately, Susie is on the ground, like, writhing, like, animalistic, sexual. And beforehand, under the floorboards, we see an old, desiccated hand reaching up to her, which Blanc can also sense. And afterwards, she goes to Miss Turner. She's like, you put Helena Marcos in a storage closet under the floor? Like, what the fuck? And Miss Turner's like, she wanted to be close to Susie and, like, feel her and, like, see if what if it was true, if she was going to be the vessel. And Blank's like, you got to be telling me this. We can't be like, have one of these girls blow up again or whatever the hell is going to happen to them like when we do right. this wrong. Like, right. she's been here two days. Like, you have to give me a little bit of time or else yes. this is going to go wrong again. Yes. And, you know, and Miss Hannah says, well, Mother wanted it. And Blanc says, I thought we were agreed not to use that title. If Marcos really were one of the three mothers, we wouldn't be in this situation. So that's sort of the divide okay. in the academy. Is that like— okay. You know, obviously, listen, we're all witches. We can all agree on that. Sure. But Mother Marcos is claiming to be one of the three, these, like, er deities these, like, mothers from, like, pre-God, pre-devil mothers, yes. pre-Christian mothers. And Marcos is like, you know, or Blanc's like, you know, if she actually was that, we wouldn't be fucking burning through all these young ladies, blowing right. them up and, you know what I mean, ruining them. Right. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't have this problem. Right. This would be working. Yes. And I think that's actually a really great point because that's why they had the vote. It's like, if you're so powerful, why is this not working? What is going on that this is getting fucked up? Are you actually telling the truth about being one of the three mothers? So. I see. Tanner's like, well, she wants her. So, like, you have to prepare Susie so that Marcos can live, enter her body and live on, you know, in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. And after the class, Susie's like, did you sense something? Like, I'm going to say this, uh, like, somebody under the floorboards or, like, somebody, like, around— and Sarah's like, no, that's so funny, though. That's the kind of thing that Patrizia would say. And Susie's like, mm. huh, okay. So that night they all go out in the city, and it's a, it looks really fun, and they end up, like, they walk past Paris Bar where all the instructors are, like, laughing and drinking, and the girls kind of peep in on them. And we hear the witches talking with their minds. And Blanc says, I want to, I think I want to, I found something, like, in the old books that I think maybe will help us do this. I need a witness. Like, they used to have a witness, and we bring in a witness, maybe the ritual will work. And we already have a witness. It's the doctor who reported the police to us. 
So I want him okay. to witness this whole thing. So now, unfortunately, Dr. Klemper is going to be a whole part of this. Oh, he doesn't know that. And Surprise. that night we... That night, again, Susie has all of these nightmares. We see this sort of, like, dancing right. rainbow demon light, which is also in Hereditary, sort of like a dancing light, an entity oh. of some sort. Yes. Images like somebody shoving the curved knife into their vagina. Oh. Somebody rubbing, like, uh, organs and, or an awful on their skin. Susie's oh. mother, of course, again. A mask covered in yeah, worms. Yeah, she's got to be around. A mask of worms? A mask covered in worms. Okay. And Susie screams out in her sleep, I know who I am. And so Sarah and some of the other girls run in and like comfort her. They're like, oh yeah, that's the Marcos dance special. We all have nightmares when we first arrive. Taking us to act four, taking. No. Dr. Klemper goes to the, uh, he doesn't hear anything from the police. So he goes to check in on the agents and he's like, so what the fuck happened? They're like, we went to every room in the academy. We remember doing it. Obviously the witches have like brainwashed them. Like they're like, we checked every room in that academy. Patrizia's not there. And he's like, well, you know, I mean, Patricia had this delusion. She thought they were witches. And, like, it's sort of like she kind of was spiraling. And the detectives sort of laugh. They're like, do you believe in witches? And he's like, no, but I believe that people can organize themselves to perpetuate crimes and call it magic. Like, that's what I believe. Okay. And this is a reference to the Nazi Reich. Because a big part of the Nazi Reich was, like, these esoteric like, occult ideas of, like, mm-hmm. we're going to change the past and the future. We're going to make perfect people. Like, yes. all this bullshit that wasn't real. Right. But unfortunately, Has you can get enough of, people. like, magic and, and yes. that kind of shit to so it. So he's like, do I think they're, and, yeah, do I think they're actually witches? Absolutely not. Do I think they might call themselves witches and they may have hurt this girl or kidnapped her? Yes. Yeah, like, Absolutely. look what we lived through. Of course that's possible. And now because of the Nazis, anything is possible. You can make believe, people believe anything. Maybe it's a cult, you know what I mean? Maybe it's a revolutionary yeah. or organization that's, like, people are kidnapping people on the street every day. But the, the cops kind of play it off or whatever. And as he leaves, Klemper returns to Detective Glockner and he's like, you know, we've actually met before. You helped me look for my wife, you know, like after she disappeared. And you were able to help me cross Poland off the list. And they started to have a moment. And you realize, like, he's been looking for his wife for over 30 years. And he has not found the evidence of what happened to her. You know, and that's sort of like the trauma and the guilt and the sadness that he's living with. is like they yeah. were separated and he doesn't know what happened. Right. Back at the dance academy, they drill Susie on jumps, which she's not nailing. And they have this other dancer, Caroline, who's like this very tall, like lanky woman who does these tremendous jumps, like just sort of like blowing Susie's jumps out of the water. And as soon as she sort of upstages Susie or shows her up, Caroline has this horrible seizure, hits the ground hard, hits her head, and everyone runs over to help her, and Caroline is sobbing. Obviously, listen, you can't show up the new protagonist. You know, you can't be doing better, you know. You can't. And um, Susie's kind of arguing with Blanc, like, I don't think we really need the jumps here. They should be later. And Blanc's like, bitch, do you know what I had to do to keep this dance theater going through the Holocaust. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you understand what it's like? It's like, we will do what I say we do because yeah. we've been doing it this way. Yeah. And um, so at this point, Dr. Klemper is like, I'm just going to go to the school. So he goes to the academy and he calls out to Sarah as she's like going out of side for whatever reason. And he's like, you know, I don't, did you know Patricia? Can I talk to you? And they go to a cafe. And he's sort of telling her like, okay, Patricia thought all these witches, you know, whatever. And Sarah's like, listen, I know there's, like, complicated stuff. Like, you know, a lot of politics, a lot of ins and outs, a lot of hot, like, emotion in the dance academy. But there's no witches. Like, I've never heard of that. You know, like, I've never experienced something like that. Sure. 
but both of them are talking about this. The, like both the doctor and and Sarah are talking Sarah. about this. Like, okay, so there could be something here. Maybe it's like a revolutionary group among the instructors. And because Patricia was mentally ill, she was interpreting as a bunch of witches. So she was picking up like there are conspiracies and plans and plots. Right. And in her mind, she's assuming it's witches. We it's of course witches. know they're actually witches. It is witches. But they are. I appreciate doing the best they can. And uh, doc- the doctor says, delusion is a lie that tells the truth. So, like, yeah, maybe she was delusional about what was going on, but, like, something was going on that was affecting right. her. She wasn't and making Sa- up that anything was happening. Yeah. And so Sarah's like, hey, I'm be honest. Like, this is a little wackety-dackety. Um, I thank you for caring for Patricia, but I don't want you. To, I don't want to talk to you about this again. Like, this mm-hmm. seems, like, very terrifying. I We're good. And so she left. Unfortunately, because of our conversation now, Sarah's like, huh, witches, you know? And Dr. Mm-hmm. Klemper also suggested, what if Patricia is still there? She's just being held somewhere in the academy. He's basically, yeah. if you could sniff around, I would really appreciate that. It's not going to end well for you, but I, I would really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, but it'd be worth finding out for yeah. everyone else. Um, that night, Sarah's going to bed, and Susie's not back. And so Sarah starts to be like, where's Susie? We see that Susie's down in the mirrored dance studio practicing with Blanc, doing her jumps, like, over and over again until she gets them perfect. And Blanc tells God, her— dance is so scary. It's, I couldn't do it. Also, like, at any point in time, like, there's a lot of, like, limbs, like, twisted ankles and, like, people hitting yeah. the ground and, like, you're, I mean, Black you're hitting Swan your head in the ground. terrifying yeah. depiction of it. Like, even Center Stage, which is, like, a, not a comedy, but, like, it's a teen movie. Like, it still has, like, weird elements of horror in it because, like, the yeah. body horror of, like, dedicating yourself to dance is Oh, everyone's feet looks like, he- like yeah. hell. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're you putting work yourself. Through. It's you know, punishing. Yes. And uh, Blanc tells Susie, you know, dance is like spelling words with your body, prayers even, and Susie says, or spells. So again, Susie's like, I think you're asking me to do something more than just like learn to dance. And Blanc yeah. tells her, when you dance the dance of another, you make yourself in the image of its creator. You empty yourself so that her work can live within you. Do you understand? So the dance is not the subsidiary to the spells and the witch stuff. That the dance is how Susie is going to become emptied out. Like this mm-hmm. process of learning these dance and doing yes. these dances that are spells are are the ritual themselves, which I think is fun. Like you don't have to like fun. do a whole bunch of other stuff. It's like the dance is it's what's going this. to turn yeah. you into the vessel. Um, meanwhile, all the instructors are still worried. Like, well, how, if it didn't work with Patrizia, how do we know it's going to work with her? And they are all talking like, you know, Marcos dies before Blanc finishes preparing Susie. This this whole dance academy is finished. Marco's body is disease on top of disease at this point. It's a prison. So she's like at the end. Yes. Okay. So that's the push to do this as soon as possible. There's a time like Marcos is right. in bad shape and we will see later. She's mm-hmm. in rough shape. Mm-hmm. Suddenly Miss Griffith who is sort of the woman who's like the eyes and ears of Marcos who's always has big glasses she's always watching rehearsal picks up a knife and stabs herself in the neck and they all sort of rush over and she's <sighs> screaming. Okay. And I think that was just, like, she's sort of, like, the avatar of Marcos, and Marcos was dismayed by their conversation, and so she just has Miss Griffith kill herself. Oh. I, that's no. my interpretation. I don't know that for sure, but that like feels it. right to me. Is that the part that you question on IMDb, or have we not gotten there yet? We've not gotten there. We're still—yeah, that, that part I feel confident about. That's what okay. was going on. Sarah, all the kerfuffle, because they live up in the upstairs suites— wakes up Sarah, and Sarah's like, I'm going to start snooping around and see if I can find Patricia if she's still in the building. So she goes down, and she finds this room underneath the academy filled with, like, curios, like porcelain and, like, old artifacts and stuff, Mm -hmm. and a 
portrait of a much younger Madame Blanc and Mother Marcos. And again, Mother Marcos still has her sunglasses on, which I do think is fun. I mean, I do love, like, just adhering to an accessory for your life. And um, in one of the cabinets, she finds one of the curved knives, and she steals it, Allison. Huge mistake. But she also hears them screaming and chanting in the other room. So that's enough for the next day. She goes back to Dr. Klemper. was like, okay, so what were you talking about with the witches? Because I think maybe I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And Dr. Klemper says, yeah. So in her diary, she wrote about the three ancient mothers. They predate, predate Christianity. They're Mother Tenebrarum, Mother Lacrimarum, and Mother Suspiriorum. Darkness, tears, and sighs. And he says that Marcos claims to be one of the mothers, but there's an internal division between Marcosites and Blankites. So, like, is Mother Marcos actually Mother Suspiria, the mother of size? Okay. Is so there any indication like, that, like, the other women think that, like, it's one of them? Or, like, do they think it's Blanc? Or are they, like, it's just it's not you? It's just not her. Yeah, because okay. even Blanc, who doesn't believe it, she's not saying, like, I'm her. She's saying, right. like, she's just, like we're it's all just witches, not we have powers, yeah. but, like, to but claim that you are, yeah. To claim that you are a god, essentially, it seems like we should be getting more evidence. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Other right. than you running Things aren't school. working out, so. Yes. You know, prove it. And so Sarah's like, so they believe they're witches. And Klemper's like, you know, you give, you give people your delusion. That's religion. That was the Reich. You know, like insignias. Mm-hmm. The mother could be like right. a code name. Someone like a founding member. Either way, whether they're actually witches or just think they're witches or they're just using witches to describe like what they're doing, you live with dangerous people. You should get the fuck out of there. Yeah, leave, something leave is that, wrong. It's yeah. getting violent. Leave that curved knife here. They shouldn't even know you took it. Like, leave it with me. Right. And get out of there. And Sarah's like, well, what if they're holding Patrizia captive? He's like, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not, I don't think the police are really going to be of help. I'm going to call them again. But either way, you should, you should get the fuck out of here because you're right. You don't, we don't know what's going to happen next. Unfortunately, by the time Sarah leaves Dr. Klemper's house, she sees Miss Tanner waiting for her outside. Only for, like, a group passes, and the woman is a totally different woman. The witches are on to Sarah. They know that she knows something. Unfortunately, Allison, it's time for the big show. (gasps) Oh, no. They're doing a performance of their classic dance folk, and uh, Susie is dancing the lead. So she's still, like, preparing, and they have these sort of, like, which you see, I think, in the trailer, these sort of, like, red S&M ropes, like, tied over their bodies as outfits, like, into a fringe, and then they have, like, just, like, regular, like, skin-colored underwear. yeah. And they're all getting ready, and Sarah gets ready, but then she sneaks away. She's sort of using everyone's prep time to look for Patrizia again. And we sort of, as we see, they cut Susie's hair and they take her hair for purposes unknown um, to her. You know, not good, that's for sure. And we see a flashback and we see Susie's mother, she's getting last rites as she's dying. And Susie's mother tells the priest, you know, this, the priest is like, confess your sins, you know, like everybody sins, yeah. you know, just get him off. And she says, my daughter, my last one, she is my sin. She is what I smeared on the world and then we hear her wheezing as Susie is getting ready for the dance. And we'll revisit this question at the end. But the question is, did her mother know something like this was going to happen? Or because her mother hated her and was so cruel to her, did this make Susie more vulnerable to being swept up in this? An influence yeah. yes. that has drawn her there. Okay. Either way, you've got to be nice to your kid, even if you think, think they're a sin that you smeared on the world. Yeah, you gotta even be nice if they're Satan, like, you're still mom. Yeah. 
Sarah, you know, tries to confront Susie about what's going on. It's like, you're making a deal with them. It's just that the bill hasn't come in, so you don't know what it's going to cost. And Susie's like, it's going to be fine. I'm handling it. Yes, am I having crazy nightmares anymore <laughs> every night? Yes, do I send someone to the floorboards? Yes, but like, I'm yes. look at me. I'm a star. Like, I, I'm actually really good at this. But it's time for the show, so they're all lining up, and Sarah is not back yet. And we see Dr. Klemperer arrive for this show, and he's escorted in. He's going to watch the show because now he's like, I need to know more about this academy, which takes yeah, us to Act 5. He's invested. In the mother house, the mother house, mm-hmm. and then in parentheses next to it, all the floors are darkness, which I thought no. was fun. <laughs> That is one of the worst phrases I've ever heard. Truly funny. All the floors are darkness. All the floors. I'm like, I guess all the floors in the mother house, the mother house are darkness. darkness? And all the Whatever. Floors... All the floors are darkness is like the worst sentence I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I didn't know if it meant floor, like the physical floor or the floors in a house. Either way, yeah. it, it, it's going to be spooky. Yeah, it does not. Yeah. Darkness. So, so they're about to go on. Everyone's like, where's Sarah? Sarah has sneaked into the bowels of the... Academy and Allison, she have she has found Patrizia still alive. <gasps> However, she's in terrible shape. I mean, she looks like both old and like she's been burned in a fire. And Sarah's like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" And Patricia rasps out, "I wake up here every day," which for some reason is the scariest <gasps> thing to reply to. Like, That's I'm not good. Would be like less scary, you know? So scary. From the corner, we see another young woman emerge crawling with no hands or feet towards her. So this is like a woman they tried previously. And then a third woman whose limbs are stretched like tentacle-like. And she's sort of like in the corner. No. And then another woman who I didn't know if it was Marcos watching them from the shadow or if it was another girl who they had unsuccessfully tried. Yeah. But there's another fourth person who calls out to her, Sarah. And Sarah, reasonably enough— freaks out and starts yes. running through the through the hallways. Unfortunately, she is she's running trying to get escape the academy. The dance is going on and it's like this really intense they're literally dancing on like a silver tape um like pentagram. Like they're dancing mm-hmm. on like a series of images. Oh. Obviously it's a spell. Cool. Nothing to worry about. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure everyone in the audience is like, "Ooh, fun. I love oh, art." Star. You know, like <laughs> it's just good to get out. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just good. I love right. dance. You know, like culture, I just love being here. Yeah. Culture. And um, as they're dancing, like, Sarah's running in the hallway and holes open up in the floor, and she steps in one, and her her leg breaks horribly, forcing the bone to shoot out through the skin. No. Immediately, some of the instructors descend on Sarah. They, like, tr- semi-heal her leg, and they take her back upstairs, and they put her back into the dance because they need Sarah in the dance. The dance is a spell. They have to have her dancing in order for this spell to work. And so they need all the girls, they need, they need everything to be perfect. And they're dancing and things are really intense. And you're not sure, like, like Sarah's sort of like zombified, like dead-eyed. Like, but she's going through the motions and it's like very beautiful and very physical. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Klemper's in the audience, like getting very, you know, verklempt, like physically affected. And even Blanc is like, oh shit, like it's working. Like you can feel the magic, like this yes. like radiating energy. Suddenly Sarah drops to the ground screaming and grabs oh. her leg, and her leg is. They bandaged it up, but it's done. still broken. Yeah. It's done. The show's over. They turn the lights on. They carry her out. Everyone's like, hey, sorry, everybody. Well, you know, we'll have you back. Whatever. As Dr. Klemper walks home through the snow, he's thinking about his wife. It seems like he just constantly thinks about her. Like, his whole, the rest, last 30 years of his life are thinking about his wife, as it, you would, you know? Yeah. And he thinks yeah, about the heart. Yeah, she's missing, and you loved her. Like, yeah. no closure. 
That's he awful. thinks about the heart carved on their country home, and he, he flashes back to them as, like, young people, like, carving it in there, you know, in their 20s. And he oh. sees her papers, you know, like, her passport, like, mm-hmm. her Aryan papers, whatever, that she had to carry. And then a flash of his wife as an older woman, and he sort of, like, snaps out of it because he's never seen her as an older woman. Right. So he's like, why would I have this image of my wife as an older woman in my head? Back in bed, Susie is, you know, after the show, whatever, Susie sees the dancing demon-like, but she's awake. And Madame Blanc comes in, and Susie and Madame Blanc start talking to each other telepathically. Like, they're talking in their head. And Susie's like, I'm really sorry. I went off book. It fucked it up. And Blank's like, yeah, you fucked it up. Like, it can't happen again. But also, you know, mm-hmm. Sarah was injured. You know what I mean? Hey, whatever. Yeah. And they have this moment where Blank really is, like, she starts to look afraid. And you realize, like, Blank does care about Susie. And this is the closest they've gotten. And I think Blank, for the first time, is, is like, realizing what she is helping have done. Especially yeah. if it's from Marcos, who she clearly doesn't have a lot of regard for and, like, doesn't right. believe. Right. So it's like, oh, I have this young woman. And that's sort of like she is like a mother figure to Susie in that way. It's like, yes. I if I'm this figure to her, like— Actual yeah, protection. Like, am I going to sacrifice yeah. her? Right. You know? And Blanc ties there, I could tell you everything, but I feel like it would be wrong to do. And Susie says, it's okay. You don't want to make me choose because you love me. And, they, and Blanc puts her to sleep with no nightmares. But it's this first oh, time where Blanc dream. is like, maybe she doesn't want to do this. Or, like, she feels like this right. is the wrong thing to do. But Susie is so far into it and feels so drawn to this that it feels like Susie's like, if this is what's going to happen, then maybe this is what was supposed to happen. Right. Like, maybe that's why I'm here. Which brings us to Act 6, Asperium, and brings me to my final question. Who will survive? Who will survive? I mean, I think the analyst. Okay, great. Um, I think all of the women who they tried and failed on are gone. I think they die. Okay. I think Sarah lives. Okay, great. And Susie dies. Okay. Madame Blanc, how do we feel about her? Madame Blanc survives, but the rest die. Okay. And then what about uh, Mother Marcos? I think she lives... Okay. But maybe not as we understand her now. Love it. All right, great. (laughs) Yuck. Beyonce, Katanji Brown-Jackson, the lady who spent 500 days in a cave. Women are all around us. And this Women's History Month, the Crooked Store is celebrating with a pop-up shop featuring favorites from women of color founded companies. For a limited time, the SheCommerce pop-up shop has everything from delicious goodies to kids books to candles, all from small companies that we love. It is a great way to support women of color while treating a woman in your own life. Maybe that's yourself to a sweet distraction from the endless horrors that we face every single day. Happy Women's History Month to all. Check out what's in stock at crooked.com slash store for this month only. Hi, I'm Erin Ryan, a writer and host of the podcast Hysteria. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff and also a host of Hysteria. And this week, we were asked to talk about Women's History Month. And on behalf of women everywhere, okay, fine. Our show, Hysteria, is about the way news and culture impacts women in America every week of the year. From the latest on reproductive rights to the ways pop culture handles women's stories. And not just because it's March, okay? We exist the other 11 months of the year, too. What? Don't... (laughs) Uh, You heard it here first. 
Don't even get us started on our exclusive YouTube series, This Fucking Guy, where we try to figure out how the worst people in America got to be so awful. So if you're looking for a pod that's by the ladies and for everyone, make sure to subscribe to Hysteria wherever you get your podcasts. The instructors tell Blanc the next day, it's happening tonight. And Blanc is increasingly like anxious and guilty. And she's clearly she's feeling very torn about this because she's like, this is going to work and I will effectively be throwing this woman. Like, yeah. we will be taking her soul and dumping it out of her body so that yes. Mother Marcus's spear can go inside her. She will just be a We're shell. She won't exist. Yeah. We're killing her. We're like spiritually killing her on like another level. But before that all happens, like all both the, the students and the teacher instructors go out for dinner and they're drinking and they're smoking together and they're all like mixed together now to sort of celebrate the show. And like it is this moment of like older women and younger women and like the younger women don't know, obviously they're about to be sacrificed. Like one of them is about to be like sacrificed, you know. Mm-hmm. And and Blanc and Susie just sort of stare at each other from other ends of the table, like both understanding that something's going to happen tonight. It's yes. going to be, we can't go back from Meanwhile, Dr. Klemper decides, even though it's the evening, he's going to go to his country house. Like, he's really disturbed by what he picked up on in the academy. So he takes Patricia's knapsack and the curved blade, which he still has, and he dumps them into the river. And that's like him being like, I can flee. I can escape this. I can get ahead of this. Allison, when he arrives at his country home, somebody is already there. Of course. And it's his wife, Anka. (gasps) And she goes to him, and she's played by Jessica Harper, who is the lead of the original Suspiria, which is really fun. Oh, I like that. And they embrace, and he's like, how, what the hell, you know? And she's like, "I, you know, Carol informed on us. Like, I had, like, no time to get back to the house, so I couldn't get my papers. I had to flee on foot, but I was caught by the border guards. And then after the war, you know, I was, I was in Zurich and Bristol, but everyone told me you had been killed. So I, you know, just sort of made a life for myself because I had been under the impression that, you know, I hadn't been looking for you. And he's just so happy that they're finally reunited. Unfortunately, Allison, this is a horror movie and nothing good Mm -hmm. could ever happen. So they go back Mm -hmm. to Berlin to his place. And as they're walking through Mm -hmm. Berlin, Dr. Klemper realizes they're back in front of the dance studio, Academy. And he turns to his wife. And when he goes to ask, like, why are we at the dance Academy? She's gone. She didn't exist. She was a ruse by the witches to bring him back. Yeah. Because he has to be a witness to what's about to happen. So they drag him inside. And not only, yeah, not only are they screaming at him and like waving the curved blade, which they've already gotten out of the river at him. They scream at him, you had years to get your wife out of Berlin before the arrests began. Like when women tell you the truth, you don't pity them. You tell them they have delusions. So they're like mocking his life. What happened with his wife? Yeah. They're mocking, like, what, what happened with Patrizia? general practice, and yeah. Yeah, and they're just cackling and screaming. They drag him down into the bowels. And then finally, it's later in the evening, the academy's dark, and Susie arrives back home, and she just starts to strip naked as she walks through the academy. And we see the dancing demon light, and it leads her down this secret staircase to the bowels of the academy. And she's wearing sort of a fabulous, sheer black, like, Caftan, and she looks great. Ooh, I mean, good for her. And she's going down into what I would assume, I think, is called the Mutter House. I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah, it sounds like it. She finds she comes back to this like a huge where the floors darkness. (laughs) Yeah, the the floors are darkness, and they're going to get a lot darker in about five minutes here. So she finds the entire company; they're all nude or wearing like clothing out of human hair, and they're all performing the final dance. So they're all dancing 
you know, tits out, like scary chanting, crying, mm-hmm. screaming. Witchy. Witchy. Dr. Klumper is lying sobbing. He's nude on the ground and he's saying, I'm innocent. I didn't, I'm not one of them. I didn't do it. He's obviously like just yeah. feeling so much guilt or remorse about his wife. Yes. And meanwhile, Sarah's there. She's like sort of in a zombie fight state. They disembowel Sarah. And they drag her Aww. internal organs out of her body and then hand them to all the dancers. And same with Patrizia. <sighs> but they're still alive, Allison. So they're no. being disemboweled alive. No. And Susie tells Madame Blanc, I'm ready, Madame. And in the corner, we finally see Marcos. And they could have thrown, like, again, a, a calf down over her. She's totally nude. She's, like, deformed. Her, like, breasts are leak, like, oozing fluid. Like, her Ugh. body is, like, a mass of, like, tumors. She's still wearing her sunglasses, which is fun. And I mean, I, believe, I love that for her. I want I could be wrong, but I believe she is also played by Tilda Swinton, which is fun. This is very um, Tyler Perry. Like, Tilda yes. Swinton's version of a Tyler Perry movie. She plays all the roles. You think, I would watch, yeah, I want her to remake I would watch every that Tyler Perry movie. heartbeat. <laughs> Marcos, not only does she look gross, she's, like, a real bitch. And she's, like, gloating. And she's, like, when, when you, like, when we do this, there'll be nothing left of you inside, only space for me. But Susie's, like, I came here for this. You've all waited long enough. Like, this, I feel like this is my destiny. I was supposed to be yeah. here. And Marcos says, you know, did you come here willingly? And Blank busts in. She's like, something feels wrong. Like, Susie, you have to do this if you want, only if you want to. If you don't feel right, I will take you out of here and I will wipe everyone's memory. Like, something is wrong. And Susie's like, no, like, I feel like this this is right, you know? Mm -hmm. And all of the instructors are chatting, Marcos, Marcos. (laughs) And Blank Blank is trying to, like, intervene and stop the um, ritual. So with Mm -hmm. a wave of her hand, Marcos basically decapitates Blank. And her head falls forward and nearly off. Like, her head split what? from the back. Blood spraying oh, everywhere. Blank. And she just kind of slumps over in the corner. And Susie gasps in, like, the first moment of, like, oh, shit. And Marco says to Susie, If you accept me, you must put down the woman who bore you. Think of that false mother now. She's thinking of her dying mother, you know, cruel, but her mother still. And Marco says, reject her, expel her. You will you will have the only mother you need here. Death to any other mother. And suddenly the company screams as they all watch a demon slink out of hell and into the room, Ugh. ascending out of the bowels underneath the building. And Marcos is very surprised by this. And he tur- she turns to Susie and says, who are you? And Susie says to her, for whom were you anointed? Which of the three mothers? And Marcos is like, um, mo- Mother Suspiriorum. And Susie says, I am she. So I think, so here's where the, uh, okay. the here's where the dissent would be Wikipedia. What sure. I think happened and what makes sense to me is Susie emptied herself of her mother and that that summoned the actual Mother Suspiriorum. So Marcos right. was lying. She's a very powerful witch, but she was not Mother Suspiriorum. And yes. now Mother Suspiriorum is coming to take over Susie as a vessel and sort of like wreak havoc um, okay. on the people who believed in Mother Marcos. Yes. W- Wikipedia says, and this okay. is an interesting take that I don't Your theory agree makes sense to me. Yeah. Is that Susie was Mother Suspiriorum the whole time and didn't know it. And that the thing that comes out of hell 
is a de- uh, emblematic of death. So she has simply summoned death. And I understand why they think that because, like, her mother was like, my daughter is a sin. Is a stain, yeah. But I just think, like, she, her mother was, her mother knew that she was going to be used for some purpose. Yeah, that and makes she could more tell. sense. Like, that feels more logical in terms of, like, what we've seen. Like, yeah, right. That's what I, so I'm going to go with my interpretation and insist that it is true. I yeah. think Martha Marcos was lying. And now Susie actually is becoming the vessel of Mother Suspiriorum. But Marcos is not her. So, unfortunately, the demon kisses Marcos. She vomits blood and dies. And then, one by one, the demon goes to all the instructors who voted for Marcos at that initial vote. Yes. Kisses them. And then their heads explode in geysers of blood and gore. There is blood shooting across the room. No. So messy. And we hear the words death to any other mother. And listen, uh, it just you got to think, think about how you're voting. You know what I mean? The vote is important right. in every regard. It is. And this really points out to us. You can't just go out here and be like, I don't know, I didn't do my research. Okay? Right. Because the people it's who voted true. for Marcos are fighting out the Their uh, heads the are aftermath. exploding into giant geysers of blood. And so as Mother Suspiriorum goes buck wild, Susie reaches up and she physically rips open her chest for, I, I interpret that as Mother Suspiriorum to come inside come. her. Yes. And I also did mention, but um, Tom York does the music for this. Oh, good. And there's only two moments where you really, like, it kicks in. And this is a scene where selling a Tom York singing kicks in. And it's really great. That feels fitting for this, for the vibe yeah. of this movie. It's, like, juxtaposing this incredibly violent physical scene with, like, the, you know, his kind of, like, ah, like, very yeah. mellow, melancholy singing yes. voice. So, great. Love it. And we see the demon light sort of flicker around here, which I took, and she we hear her say, I am the mother. And her heart is open and beating. So at that point, I think Mother Suspiriorum is now inside of her. Yeah. And so she goes to Patricia, uh, Patricia and Sarah and the other woman, another woman who's in rough shape, and says, what do you want? And one by one, they ask, I'd like to die. And yeah. she touches them, and instead of making them explode, she gives them, like, immediate painless death. Because they're already, like, disemboweled zombies. They're not coming back from right. this. Right. This whole time, there's blood raining down, and the company of the other dancers are still dancing. Yeah, I was going to say, what's everyone else up to? Screaming, dancing. No one's trying to escape because they know this is, like, inevitable. So the instructors are cowering and exploding, the ones that voted for Marcos. Right. And the other dancers are still dancing. And she, like, reaches her arms out and goes, yes, dance. Keep dancing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I don't know exactly how we're supposed to juxtapose that with uh, the statement earlier about, like, dance can never be beautiful. But in this case, it's horrifying and beautiful. Yes. So. So they all dance, and then we cut to Dr. Klumper, now fully dressed, being escorted out onto the street by one of the instructors, Miss Banks, who, again, fortunately voted for, uh, he didn't vote for Marcos. covered in blood? Yes, his face is covered in blood. He was nude, so his clothes are fine. Okay, so his clothes are fine. And she takes him out. They were like, this is going to get messy. You're going to want to take your clothes off. Yeah, and he shambles home in the snow. And I think that they let him go because they're like, okay, well, Mother Suspiriorum let you live, so, like, clearly you're, like, favored of her. Which brings us to the epilogue, a sliced-up pear. In the morning, all the dancers wake up, and they just think they have terrible nightmares. Like, you see them, like, crying and whimpering. Their memories have been erased. Okay. They don't remember this. But this actually happened. Yeah, but interestingly, they all speak French. 
And there was a line earlier where Blanc tells Susie, like, if you're going to be a real dancer, you have to speak French. And so they all walk in, and they're all, like, sort of speaking French and German and English and, like, switching off. So I think it's, like, they're changed, but they don't have a memory of what happened. Yeah. They've been sort of wiped. And they say, hey, we're really sorry, but Madame Blanc has suddenly decided to leave the company. And all the girls are like, oh, my God, like, we just saw her last night. What do you mean she decided to leave? However, in the basement, they're cleaning up all the bodies, and they go to clean up Blanc's body, and she blinks. She's still alive. <gasps> even though she's been nearly decapitated. So I think we're to think she is now the new Mother Marco. She's going to take over the Academy. She's, if not immortal, she is beyond human. Like, right. she's, she, yeah, she should she's be been dead, decapitated she's and she's alive. Yeah, so. And upstairs, we see Miss Tanner now sitting in the balcony, and I think we're to think she is becoming the eyes of Blanc. Like, Blanc, Blanc is sort of ascending into the Mother oh, Marco. so Blanc will kind of stay below kind of the... Yeah. And she does look pretty bad. So, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. what I took. I took that to mean. And finally, Dr. Uh, Dr. Klemper gets home. He's exhausted, as you imagine. And he gets into bed and he, he, he takes out his wife's papers, which again, that she couldn't get back, you know, in time. Mm-hmm. And Miss Sesame comes in. She's like, What the fuck are you at all night, old man? Like, I made you soup. Yeah. I was going to call the cops. Like, you didn't come home. And he's like, I'm just very tired. And suddenly, Susie, aka Mother Superior, walks in and sort of dismisses Miss, Miss Sesame to wait outside. And Dr. Klemper is like, well, shit, I'm about to be killed by a witch, aren't I? You know, like, I'm done. And she tells him, I'm sorry about what my my daughters did to you. I wasn't in a position to prevent it. Which I took as like, is that like God apologizing for the Holocaust? (laughs) Where it's just like, I'm sorry about what happened. I couldn't do anything. It's like, well, why couldn't you? Like, Why couldn't you? You seem to be able to do so many things. Right. I guess they had to do the right ritual. But that's every horror movie. It's like, well, okay, so I guess you just had to do that one thing. And she tells him, I think that you deserve to know what happened to your wife. Like, that, I can give you that, you know. And he, and she tells him, but unfortunately, it's incredibly sad. She was captured. She was taken to a work camp. She lived there for 20 days. And then they made everybody, 40,000 people, stand outside in the snow to do a census. And she ended up getting sick and dying. But she had two friends, women she'd befriended with her, so she didn't feel alone. And the, her final thoughts were of a birthday when you took her to a concert as a surprise. So she had, like, a peaceful death. Dr. Klimper is sobbing, obviously. obviously. I'm sobbing watching I'm sobbing. it. It's just like, it's devastating. And now he knows. And so Susie puts her head on his hand and he repeats the name of all the women in the movie, Anka, Sarah, Susie. And she says, of all the women of your undoing, every memory will vanish. They will melt away in the sun and be gone. She says, we need guilt and shame, doctor, but not yours. And with that, he takes the memory of, of everything that's happened and of all the women in his life, mm-hmm. and he has a seizure. So when Miss Sesame runs in, is like, oh, my God, are you okay? He wakes up, and he's like, who are you? She assumes, great, he just had a stroke. You know, yeah, like, all right. That's I'm, that. Yeah, but he has no memory of it. The last scene is of his country home at some point in the future. Somebody's on a cell phone, so it's obviously, like, decades later. And we see a new little family with a kid is living there. But still scratched into the side of the building is a heart that says A and J. The end. Oh, wow. Well. Oh, and there is an after credit scene where Susie is outside and she sort of lifts her gloved hands. And I think we're supposed to think like she's making us, the audience, forget what happened. But I could be wrong. Okay, well. Um, <clears throat> so, Allison... Wow. What are some fatal mistakes that you think were made in the movie Suspiria? Fatal mistakes. I mean, 
uh, uneducated voting feels like a pretty big yes, one for absolutely. a lot of the of the witches. Uh, I mean, I think like. Get out of Berlin if things are <laughs> if this is happening. Like it's if you're at the really point nice. where like there's, you know, horrific like weird near death stuff and disappearances happening at a dance academy, and that's not even registering uh, right. in the city. That like things are really bad, and you should maybe move. And again, I don't know enough about divided Berlin, but I probably no. I assume a lot of people it was hard to get in and out. So maybe that's also yes, part of it. That's They're probably like, well, a I, big part. I, of it. I'm it's stuck like, here. Yeah, that's where your life is. You might not have the means to leave. Um. And then um, I feel like pursuing dance is a, a fatal mistake in this. <laughs> like, if we learned anything from this movie from Black Swan, it's that there is an inherent darkness to dance. Yes. It's inescapable. I agree. I, I don't know. I think for Susie, it's like, I do think we're supposed to think she was always going to end up there. Yeah. And she was always drawn there. And should she have questioned that? Maybe. But it, I think the, the movie suggests it was just, this was her fate. This yes. was her destiny yeah. to end it up seems there. very so unavoidable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I also want to add at the end of the film, somebody, somebody's like walking past Klepper's, Klepper's house and she's holding a book called The Great Mother, An Analysis of an Archetype by Eric Newman. And the book explores the great mother as a primordial image of the human psyche and describes how the feminine can be depicted as a goddess or monster. So no. I guess if you didn't Apt. get it, like, yeah, they're like they wanted to like have a book walk by <laughs> um, I think I'm going to leave it to that because I know this is a long description. So, yeah. Allison, where would you put Suspiria on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. I mean, this feels like a nine. Yeah, it's really... It's really scary sounding. Like, yeah. just the general, like, the overall just, like, unease of the whole thing. And, like, again, like, it's always scariest when it feels like there kind of are no choices to be made. That, like, mm-hmm. everything is moved, like, everything is being brought to this conclusion, whether you yeah. like it or not. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to give it an... Blood. I'm going to give it an eight. There's a ton of blood. Because I do feel like it is a very interesting, like, a movie that asks a lot of questions and poses a lot of questions, mm-hmm. but not... I don't, know, I don't know how to put it. It's like um, a lot of it felt like a drama. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there were scary mm-hmm. moments, mm-hmm. but then it was also about like all these like unspoken mechanisms yes. of the world and like how we think about power and like following leaders and like how we think about things. So that was really yeah. interesting, but not necessarily those things weren't necessarily spooky. They were just like mm-hmm. a fascinating um, thing to look at. But yes. I really liked it, and I like it. I've seen it a couple times. I like it even every every time I watch. It, I like it more and more. So, and if you did, if you feel up to it, if you're a horror person, obviously watch the original. Mm-hmm. That I think is more of like a, you know, like saturated color Italian horror. You know, like grisly scenes. Not so much about like the intricate mechanisms about like mm-hmm. German politics at the time, um, but a, but a beautiful film and absolutely wa- worth watching. And then I guess I would just say that we love you very much. We love you. <laughs> and um, as always, until next week, please keep, keep it spooky. spooky. The end. Mm. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. 